Hey there, everybody, and welcome to the Cinema Drip Podcast, the podcast where we need movies like we need our coffee. As always, I am Scott Lenz, here with my good friend and co-host, Christian Upius. Christian, as always, it's a pleasure to see you. Unfortunately, it is the evening, and we've been recording in the mornings lately, so I'm a, I'm a little more tired than I normally am. I'm fresh and awoken, arisen, the AM. How are you? I'm full of so much adrenaline because I found someone who hates Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, Christian was late to this recording because he was spending more time with a friend, specifically because he shared the information that he disliked Ocean's Eleven, and Christian is not a big fan of that movie either. So, lame, Christian, is all I have to say, as well as probably all of our listeners. Ben Bergen, if you're out there, I love you. And speaking of names of people who don't normally co-host this podcast, we are joined by two friends, one of whom was advertised as being here, and that is none other than Tyler Penn. Yo, what's up? Welcome back, Tyler. Known listeners may know you from your Sundance episodes with Christian. You've partaken in the virtual fest with him twice now, as well as last year's Marvel episode. It's good to have you back. It's good to be back. We are missing your counterpart from last year's Marvel episode, Timmy Gibson, who was supposed to be here, but... Unfortunately, schedules did not allow last week, and then he came down with some type of winter illness. There's a real mishmash out there, so we don't know what it is, but Timmy, get well soon. We do have a replacement, of course, and honestly... We don't have a... Re- no one can replace Timmy. No one can replace Timmy, but we, you know, we, we failed up. We did the best we could with what we had, and we have none other than our friend Keenan Culler from the Hollywood Week podcast, calling in from Zoom, really uh, Google Meet, actually. <laughs> but Keenan, how are you? How's, how's Northwest Ohio? Gentlemen, it's an honor and a privilege to be with you tonight. Many refer to me as the Thor, the dark world of podcasters. I actually have said that to myself just alone in the shower before. Like, <laughs> just muttering aloud, Keenan Colors, the Thor, the dark world of podcasters. So it's good to know you're aware of your reputation. I think you're more of the Ant-Man and the Wasp of podcasters. No, I'll take that. Okay. This is the power of Kevin Feige, the power of the MCU that drew me here tonight because I am old. It's past my bedtime. I am on Eastern Standard Time, so I'm really staying up late. And I want to point out two things. Christian said that we were going to record at 10 p.m. my time, and then he texts me at 20 after 10 and says, I'm on my way there in 12 minutes. Uh, So that was awesome. Also want to point out that he says we're going to connect through Zoom and then he emails me some weird Google Hangout link. <laughs> so I love it. I would have it no other way. And uh, let the chaos begin, gentlemen. Oh, yes. We have a chaotic episode coming, so it only only stands to reason it should be a, a chaotic format here as we all gather. Three of us around a table, one of us calling in from Ohio. So, listeners, as you know, we are finally here at our MCU draft episode. Do you want me to give the rules? I yeah, I mean we're gonna get there. <laughs> Every, everyone's trying to do this. Christian, everyone's like Christian is. Quickly. I'm not kidding. Christian is literally sort of hopping up and down in his seat. He is, his eyes are bug-eyed. He hasn't stopped buzzing around his apartment since he got home. I know he's excited for this. So drafting is. Because this is going to be a shit show. Yes. Yes, it absolutely is. And it'll be a fun time, hopefully. We have uh, a new element here, because I almost I almost jumped across the room at Timmy last year. So <laughs> uh, we're missing you, Timmy, once again. But we'll have Keenan here, and I can throw something at the computer he's calling in on. If you're not familiar, maybe you're not huge into the world of movie podcasts, movie drafts have definitely become a lot more popular, really, since the onset of the pandemic. And with the lack of new movies coming out, shows turn to older movies or different types of formats to entertain, and one of those became the draft. 
If you're not familiar, it's very similar to, say, a fantasy football draft, where we will take turns picking Marvel movies from the Marvel Cinematic Universe to fill out a roster or a team, if you will, of movies. And we'll have people vote on the best list from the four of us. So, Christian, we have given ourselves some rules and some categories to choose from, so why don't you go ahead and fill in the listeners. Okay, to the rest of you, if you do not know these rules, um, please take notes. We are going to be drafting seven movies each, total of 28. There are going to be these seven categories from the MCU. We will be choosing one movie from every phase, so phase one, two, three, and four. Uh, which coincides with, you know, the end of Phase 4. We're going to choose one Marvel TV show property. We're going to choose one non-MCU Marvel movie. So everything outside of the MCU, animated or live action, I will say, is fair game. Outside of that, we have one wild card spot. So if you want two movies from one phase, you can. If you want another TV show, you can. If you need to pick both Venom movies, you can. <laughs> oh, bro. I forgot Venom was Marvel. Venom is Marvel Christian. <laughs> okay, my entire strategy's out. Number one draft pick from Christian. Um, okay, we are going to be doing this snake style. One, two, three, four, four, three, two, one. So okay. whoever picks first, whoever picks fourth, they will go back to back, and then two and three will wait their turn in the middle. And right now, I have a wheel of names, and I am going to spin it. It has our first name initials on it. And from there, we will see who goes first, second, third, fourth. All right? Keenan, does that sound good for you? That sounds perfect. I'm a little quieter than normal because I'm scrambling to get the comprehensive list of MCU films together just so I don't make sure I don't miss anything, you know? I, I have a pretty good memory, but it is good to look at them as well, so. Keenan, I'm kind of banking on you to rep some of those late 90s, early 2000s Marvel movies once we get over to that category. So I'm sure you, you're going to have a banger pick coming there. I'm just counting on you for that. Pure nostalgia, Scott. Don't, don't, I won't let you down. I promise. <laughs> All right, Christian, fire away. Okay, I'm going to spin the names now. Picking first is... Who is it? It's Christian! All right. This is rigged. Rigged! Oh. Let me see. Good job, Christian. Okay. Tyler has confirmed it was a C. <laughs> so, congratulations, Christian. While you spin the wheel again, how are you feeling about your draft position? F. Christian says F. Okay. Next up. Who is it? It's Tyler! Oh, nice. All right, Keenan, you and I are battling it out for the fourth spot. I, I like this. I want the fourth spot. I want the fourth spot. So does everyone. Yeah, fourth is ideal. <laughs> Who's it going to be, folks? I don't know if you can hear the sound effects, listeners. This is stirring podcasting, I'm sure, but the wheel is spinning, and it lands on S. So I will be going third, and Keenan is, in fact, going fourth. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Wow, Keenan gets his chance to sift through Wikipedia pages. <laughs> <laughs> no, keep it. It's all you. Damn it. Take it away, Aaron. All right, guys. Tell me. Just tell me when to go. <laughs> um, okay. I guess in the... From Phase 3, Wait, I choose you're, Adventures you're, you're, Endgame. You're picking. Oh, my oh, gosh. Christian. Okay. I I choose Avengers Endgame from Phase 3 as the number one pick. Christian chooses Endgame as the first overall pick. Uh, here, here we go. That I, I gotta say, Christian, I'm a little I'm a little 
jealous. I, I was hoping I would go earlier uh, and somebody would pick something weird so I could end up with Endgame. Why'd you pick it number one overall? 2019 culmination of basically the entire MCU except for Far From Home. <laughs> Fantastic movie, satisfying conclusion, great way to parcel down all the characters, kind of a heist movie, and phenomenal action, some of the highest highs, justifies the three hour and two minute runtime. Um, saw it in, I, I've seen it like what four times, and no time am I ever bored throughout any of it. Beautifully paced, great Robert Downey Jr. performance. Great callbacks to the entire rest of, of, of the MCU. Uh, need I go on? It's it's a phenomenal movie. Christian, this is a terrible pick. Um, now, here's the thing. Are, are we allowed to criticize each other's picks? Keenan, I would be offended if you didn't. Okay, well, I guess before we do that, do we have clarification? Like, what is the what are we trying to accomplish here? So, like, what, what's Amazing. Keenan, uh, each of our family members have been trapped, and whoever doesn't win the draft, they no. Uh, so the goal here is bragging rights, of course, but we want to build the best ro overall roster of movies. So just as a reminder for listeners, as Christian has his first selection in, we'll be picking a movie from each of the four MCU phases, one, two, three, four, and then a non-MCU movie, so it could be an X-Men movie, it could be a Spider-Man movie, We'll be picking an MCU TV show, and we'll also be picking a wild card. So the goal of being having the seven best movies on your list, and we'll have people vote on who the actual ultimate winner is. And I will say, Christian, strong start. Okay, uh, I apologize. Chris, Christian, it's not a terrible pick. Then. I, I, I <laughs> we're we're going to be posting the results online and having people vote for who had the best. And with that, Tyler, we turn to you. Endgame well, is... Well, any, any other Endgame notes? No, I, I respect the choice. I think for me, how a series wraps up is one of the most important parts of the series. You see how Game of Thrones dropped the ball. Star Wars now, Rise of Skywalker. It just puts a whole damper on the whole series. Game of Thrones is one of the most fascinating. Everyone loved it and communally decided to hate it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's, 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 I mean it's, honestly, it's terrible. Fair. It's fair, 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 fair. All right. I mean, yeah, Christian, like, I, I, ending the first three phases with an absolutely incredible movie, it, that's a, a miracle, and that Marvel pulled it off with this many movies. Obviously, the MCU has its critics, and I think sometimes, of course, those critics are fair. There are people who don't like Endgame, even MCU fans who don't think it's one of their, you know, top five or whatever, but... It's overall to me, it's one of the best we have ever gotten from Marvel. I can't fault you for picking it number one overall. I think my thoughts on Endgame have been well documented. They uh, have been am amongst us, but I think it is it is without a doubt a weaker film than Infinity War. No question. We're gonna uh, we're, I, we're we're I, gonna I, shut you down, <laughs> and we're going to move on until Infinity War gets drafted. Is that all right? That's fine. That's fine. Great. Which I assume is going to be at some point during one of Keenan's picks because it won't be for yes. me. <laughs> all right, uh, Tyler, it's your pick. Yeah, with the number two overall pick, my first pick, I'm gonna go with Captain America: Winter Soldier. Damn oh, it! I think for me, just such a solid film. Russo brothers introduced to the MCU, Captain America in the modern era, fighting for our freedom. The action sequences can't be topped. Um, yeah, and I think also from the strategy point, Phase Two, it's I think not, it's, it's, not it, the best. it's kind of lacking, and this one just stands, you know, head of the shoulders, all the other films. So, uh, again, a very good pick. For me, it's another one of the MCU's bests. It's definitely up there for me. Keenan, any Winter Soldier thoughts? 
Uh, Winter Soldier, easily one of the best films in the MCU. It was the Russo Brothers statement movie, um, letting everyone know they had arrived. And I think when you make a movie as good as Winter Soldier, um, it only makes sense you reward them with three more of the biggest films in the MCU. So clearly that movie did something right. (laughs) It did a lot right. It was our number one ranked MCU film when we did this last year. Yup. Endgame was our number two. Indeed it was. All right. Um, I love it, and I'm kind of... If I had gone second overall, it would not have been Endgame, but I felt like I needed to start strong. And Endgame is my favorite, but Winter Soldier's, like, my third favorite, so... Okay, um, Scott. See, uh, now, this is tough, because you gotta weigh how other people value these certain movies, because I know the movie I want to pick here is not as highly valued by the rest of the room... Mm. Uh, but of course, I could be the first one to strike in phase one. Could snag one of the best movies there. I'm, I, I am wrestling with this choice, but I'm going to go with my gut. Actually, I'm not going to go with my gut. I'm going to pick the best movie for me from phase one. And I'm going to go with the original, The Avengers. Okay. The first movie that brought all the heroes together. The culmination of phase one. And just an absolutely smashing success. Both in terms of box office, of course. But in proving that the MCU formula could work. I think we, you know, the those Phase One movies were hit or miss, and you have something like The Incredible Hulk that is just—it's almost entirely shoved out of the MCU at this point. Which, She-Hulk brought it back. She-Hulk brought it back. Oh, we have had way. some of those characters slowly but surely uh, returning, but Edward Norton was obviously miscast, and he did not remain a part of the franchise moving forward. And even so, the Avengers introduced us to Mark Ruffalo as the Incredible Hulk, and. We kept on moving. Uh, it's a great Loki movie. It's a, a great Steve Rogers movie. Uh, it's Tony Stark and, and obviously the whole gang, the original gang. And so uh, culminating with the great Battle of New York as well. So I just want to make sure I could snag a great phase one option because they are limited. So my pick is the Avengers. Yeah, this would definitely be my top from phase one as well. So it's a good choice. I think, yeah, showing that the MCU formula could work. And also, I think just the fact that it really defined a lot of this Infinity Saga of how often they go back to the battle for New York, even in Endgame. Um, yeah, I respect it. Tyler, that's a great point. I think the reverberations from Avengers is felt even now. Like, it's still something that's referenced, like you mentioned, still something that's talked about. So it had the proper weight to it that I think they wanted it to have. I will say the original Avengers is kind of like Mario 64 from the Nintendo 64, where it's a great uh, idea and a great concept. And at the time, it was executed brilliantly but they have now expanded and perfected and evolved on that formula so much that by comparison you go back and watch it and it seems kind of um you know it's, uh, it feels weird watching it now it does yeah a little a little uh cornball i i can't complain i think the mario analogy is pretty apt honestly that's one of the best ways i've ever heard it put so uh, obviously it's not of all these movies you know they're it's aged it's in its own way but uh, it's still one of my favorites from the original Phase 1 there. So, Keenan, we do turn it to you now. You have two picks. And you get to go two Oof. picks. Last pick of round one, first pick of round two. So, the, the world really is your oyster here. Where are you going to go? This could not be more perfect that I got back-to-back picks because, Scott, you threw me for a curveball going Phase 1. I think Phase 1 and Phase 2 have two standout films each. So, you guys each took one of those, and that, that made me nervous. So, I guess... My first pick, I'm going to go to phase two, okay? 
Um, I am going to pick Guardians of the Galaxy, the original James Gunn classic that I would say is definitely up there as the best of the best in the MCU. Um, and again, this is kind of a movie that a lot of people didn't believe in and, and raised some eyebrows. How is this going to work? Is James Gunn right for the MCU? And uh, it was it was a phenomenon. Like they they brought this energy to the MCU that I think showed a lot of people, wow! Like it's not just these uh, classic comic book heroes that we can rely on. They can really branch out and do some weird stuff. So, Guardians of the Galaxy is my first pick from Phase Two. You're doing honor to Timmy Gibson, who cannot be here, but considers Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy to be his favorite Marvel movie and calls it a flat-out masterpiece. So, shout-out to Timmy. You may not be here with us, but in the a way, spirit. you're here in spirit. <laughs> I, I, I've, I've said this before. I just think the first Guardians, and then I'd love to get you guys' thoughts, but it is so streamlined and perfect. Like Timmy said, it's perfect. It's just perfect entertainment. It is, like, such a great fun roller coaster ride there's not anything too deep to i know obviously the beginning's kind of deep but it's just it feels like such a simple movie and i remember watching it and just when i left the theater thinking nothing in this movie could have been better like nothing i, I loved everything about it had a huge smile on my face so uh, i always have fond memories thinking back to that i wish it i wish they cursed in the movie this is <laughs> this this i look I, I used to hate it. Now I just think it's fine. I think that what James Gunn was able to do in The Suicide Squad is what he wants to do in the Guardians movies, which is add gore and adult humor. Terrible. <laughs> hey, no, honestly, I, I, I fundamentally disagree with that. Like, the reason the Guardians are special and that James Gunn... To me, like, James Gunn is awesome. I really enjoy his stuff. But I like him better. And this, I'm probably in the minority here. I like him better when he's a little bit reeled in. When he's not just completely unhinged, where it almost feels like you're riding the school bus when you were in fifth grade and kids are just throwing around F-bombs and expletives and saying the most outlandish stuff just to get a reaction. And I feel like sometimes his stuff leans a little into that juvenile territory where it's like like a kid who just learned his first curse word. So I like <laughs> the fact that Guardians keeps him a little more wholesome. I like that balance. He, he, Gunn does have a lot of heart. For someone who loves some dark humor and some even like kill shot, shot comedy, violent, yeah, kill shot comedy, that's that, that type of movie making, he's got a big heart too. And I think Guardians combines those quite well. Keenan, you got another pick, my friend. We turn it back to you. You've gotten your phase two choice. Where else are we going? I'm going to have to go back to phase one because, again, to me, there is only one other movie that is uh, is worth owning here, and that is the original Iron Man. I hate you. I hate you. I hate you, and I will go to your house and eat your children. Whoa. Ah. <laughs> hey, okay. I don't even know how to respond to that. My uh, hey, listen. Here's the thing. The orig I'm sorry, Christian. The original Iron Man, obviously, is a classic. I don't consider it – like, I know I just said it's a classic. I don't consider it like in the top 10 of the MCU but I do think you cannot you cannot say enough about how groundbreaking this movie is and what it did for I mean really like pop culture for the last what 13 years 14 years it's wild um Robert Downey Jr you could say they built the entire MCU on this man's back now there have been other megastars coming in who have you know, you could say equaled him, rivaled him, maybe. But I feel like still, you 
you have to give him all the praise, all the credit. And I think you've got to give a lot of credit to John Favreau as well. He kind of set the tone, set the style. Like, this is what the MCU is going to look and feel like. So, again, can't say enough about the movie. And I think it's impossible to not view that movie without thinking of what it did for the MCU as a whole. Yeah, and I'll say I can I can appreciate the movie, but I think over time I've actually lost how much I enjoyed it early on. Uh, I think, yeah, I, I appreciate just the risk-taking they took on Robert Downey Jr. and building it all on him, just where he was at his career in that point. And it's interesting you say that it set like a tone for the MCU, because I feel like the tone of the MCU has actually shifted a lot since Iron Man. Like, watching it again, like, there's nothing that really compares to it, like, just tonally. Um, even with, yeah, the Playboy aspect of Tony Stark. Uh, but I love, I love Robert Downey Jr. in that film and how you can root for him, although you really shouldn't like him. I don't know. It's good. I guess I, what I mean by the tone, it's, kind of, it's one of those things where it was immediately apparent that we were going to, no matter how outlandish things got, it was always going to be something where the audience was kind of like wink, wink, like we know this is kind of ridiculous. And I feel like that carried over into all the movies, you know, and you could say for better or for worse once Joss Whedon kind of got his hands on things. But it, it's like very, uh, we know this is kind of fun, campy comic book stuff and we're going to lean into that. Let's, okay, Scott, I, I, I love the movie. It's a fantastic movie. For a long time, it was my number one. And it's great. And, it's, and the visual effects look great and it itself is great. It just is nice because it doesn't feel like a Disney movie. It's one of the Doesn't only mean, movies that it was a, put out by Paramount. Paramount. Yeah, so it feels feels different, and that's one of the reasons it remains good. Uh, Scott, you 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 have a pick now. I do have a pick now, and it's tough because do I you know do I lock in my phase two choice here with two of uh, the two that I would have picked already you know knocked down? Do I strike in phase three when I mean there are there are some great options there? Do I take a first phase four movie? Probably not. <laughs> um, but I was tempted to actually get a little weird with it here and go non-MCU, but I am going to stick with Phase 3, and I'm going to go, uh, just because I don't want to you know, get this one swiped for me, even though I'm sure it might be available, I am going to go with Black Panther, which is, to this day, I, I think still one of the two, if not the best movies in the MCU. I think that Chadwick Boseman performance is really something special, and this movie is... In a way, because of course movies are, are with us. They're not always living documents, but they, we change our relationship to them over time. With his loss, it makes that movie even better in a way. Plus you get this awesome Michael B. Jordan performance across from him as the villain. We get introduced to Wakanda, and Black Panther to me is one of the most thematically interesting Marvel movies. As Wakanda wonders about its place in the world, T'Challa wonders about his place as king, and wrestles even with, uh, with some spiritual um, uh, questions that he has and connects with his father in the ancestral plane. Just some of these elements that don't always get introduced into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Plus, combine the fact that it was just an absolutely ridiculous sensation, made a ton of money, was the first Marvel movie nominated for Best Picture, among many other awards that it actually won, uh, including for production design, costumes, original score. Uh, just It's an incredible movie, and it's one of the MCU movies that I think really is going to stand the test of time. CGI rhinos aside, then I know you and your your brother slash co-host have gone in on that one on your podcast, but I'm going with Black Panther as my round two pick. I, I, I like Black Panther. I miss Chadwick Boseman. Legitimately rest in peace, and you can um, it, it it's a it's a wonderful movie. I do think it's among Marvel's best. I do I will say for myself, I think it's a little bit of like if you had to qualify a reach, it's a little bit of a reach for me, because I know I value this one a little bit more than maybe the rest of the table, but I feel good about where I've chosen it. 
Yeah, I think Black Panther was was clearly a cultural phenomenon, and so it's almost hard to separate sometimes. I'm not saying you're doing this. General people's perception of Black Panther, they hear it and they're like, oh yeah, Black Panther, because everybody was so caught up in that, that hype. But I don't know, I feel like just kind of comparing it to the other things the MCU has done. Uh, I mean, my, my quick take is something I've, I've said before is that I feel like the movie never really found its balance between what Ryan Coogler wanted to do and what Disney Marvel was almost keeping him from doing. And so it felt like kind of this half measure where he was able to do some really interesting things, present some really interesting ideas like Killmonger's entire motivation. But it's almost like, man, if he just could have leaned in harder to that, if he didn't have to do the CGI rhinos, if he didn't have to do some of the the goofy typical Marvel stuff that we've seen before. Um, I just think it could have been almost the way you're describing it, Scott, like more like, Oh my God. And, and as of now, it's just kind of a, like moment flashes of brilliance, but overall it doesn't hit as hard. Well, keep on hating Keenan. Me and, me and uh, Kendrick Lamar are going to take Black Panther to the bank. All the stars, best song in the MCU. <laughs> okay. Tyler, it's your pick. Sweet. Yeah, I, I'm actually going to go back to phase one. I think that this movie gets overlooked a lot within the discussion of phase one. But I'm going to take Captain America, First Avenger. I hate all of you. Um, <laughs> I hate every single person who is on this that panel. That first day is really tough right now for you, Christian. Um, yeah, I think for me, Captain America, well, one, I think it's a good period piece. I think it captures a lot of the the comic book side of Captain America going through all of his phases into who he'd become. But I think even just his relationship with Peggy and that lost love, the man out of time, I think for me really set like a heartbeat and emotional connection with the MCU that cathartically just paid off so well throughout his arc ending in the end game. Um, and I think that this started it off and the more I rewatch it, the more I like it. And so I'm taking that as my phase one movie. I will say the first Avenger to me is very underrated by MCU fans. It's it's pretty great. I think it's really really good, especially when you're in this context and trying to pick a great option from Phase One. You you definitely got a good steal there, and now Christian is left with the uh, not so great choices <laughs> that remain from Phase One. At least you can save it till later in the draft, Christian. Uh, Keenan, any thoughts on Captain America? Big time. I love this movie. Uh, Chris Evans was an immediate star. I think the reason it, it, it got slept on is because it doesn't feel like anything else in the MCU. It's clearly a more campy throwback, uh, more of like a adventure movie. And I think at the time, people saw that and they more wanted the tongue-in-cheek, like quippy Tony Stark, and they didn't get that. And now I think in retrospect, we got so much of that in the MCU, so much of that, that you look back at something like First Avenger and you say man, this was a special movie. Like, again, there's really nothing else like it. And you understand that that camp was intentional, you know? And I, I, at the time, I don't think I realized that. It's also the only MCU movie with Tommy Lee Jones, which is an immediate win <laughs> in my book. Oh, yeah, he's great. Christian, we turn to you with your first back-to-back -back option here. You get to pick two movies in a row. You went first, and you got Endgame, but you paid a price. Where are you going to go? I was, I was scared this was going to happen. Because phase one is undoubtedly weak, but phase four is weaker. I'm taking Spider-Man No Way Home. There it is. The first phase four movie off the board. I'm, I mean, it's it's amongst my favorite. I, it's maybe my second favorite MCU movie. And I, I look, 
it, it, this movie has been seen by everyone in the world. And everyone comments on Andrew Garfield, and yes, he's great. But Tobey Maguire in this movie, to me, is hilarious. And the whole youth pastor look, I think, is fantastic. <laughs> and the heart in it, and Aunt May, man, Marissa Tomei has been wonderful. Mm-hmm. And, and, and she was, I, I, you realize in this movie how much she was underused in the other movies. Mm-hmm. Absolutely fantastic. And yeah, you know, it, honestly, great villains from, from all of them, from Willem Dafoe, um, Alfred Molina, it, it, it was just so nice to actually see an, an appreciation for what the fans have been through regarding Spider-Man. Yeah, I love the pick. I think that it does such a good job deconstructing Spider-Man. What makes him a hero uh, about just responsibility. Uh, I think that, yeah, like you said, villains, incredible. Uh, it had this cinematic element, um, the blockbuster feel that I think was missing from a lot of Phase 4. Yeah, you know, just executed so well. No, I was just going to say real quick, there are so many things to love about No Way Home. I think it's kind of gotten that, like, because it was so popular, people are now trying to crap on it, and which is ridiculous. It's a great, great movie, one of my favorites. I think the, the thing it all comes down to, No Way Home all comes down to this. Everybody who came back that were these legacy characters, Andrew Garfield, Tobey Maguire, Willem Dafoe, all the villains, everybody came to play. Everybody brought their A-game. No one showed up, and it seemed like a weird, awkward, like, hey, I'm just kind of visiting from craft service. Just You know, I saw Ghostbusters Afterlife, and spoiler alert, that movie ends with the original crew awkwardly standing there using their proton packs, and it really looked like they just got done eating a turkey sandwich from craft service. Someone's like, hey, uh, Dan Aykroyd, put this suit on. We're going to film you for three minutes. And it's like, I was so worried that's what was going to happen with No Way Home, and thank God, like, I mean, Willem Dafoe. This guy came to play. Andrew Garfield. This dude showed up. You know, these were characters. It wasn't just cameos. So I, I can't say enough about how everybody brought it. All right, uh, Christian, your next pick to kick off round three. Okay, this one I'm torn, and no matter what I do, I'm going to feel bad. That being said, I'm going to go with my heart here because if someone chose this, I would kill them okay. on the pod. You've already threatened that like twice. Yeah. So you've already threatened to eat my children. Yeah, that's that was like an, an elite threat level, Christian. Here we go. I'm gonna go with TV show and I'm gonna go with Marvel's Daredevil. Well, well, well. Interesting. I that would fit in a wild card. No TV show. Are we, I thought we I wouldn't thought count that because we're going MCU TV show. I put Marvel TV show. Okay. Yeah, I well, don't know. I said phase one, phase two, phase three, phase four. I said TV show. Okay. With All right. That you didn't go with Inhumans. <laughs> <laughs> Leaving Iron Fist on the board. Christian we, takes Daredevil. <laughs> okay, look, and it tied into the it tied into Phase One, and Phase Two. And now Charlie Cox is back. So, so can we really? Yeah. Don't do this. I will say I have only seen season one of this show. And from what I can recall, it was pretty good. So, <laughs> yeah, you have you have stumped me, Christian, in, in this here TV show category. Keenan, I know you've got some major thoughts on this show. I, I'm just in the interest of time. We we need you to, to focus it in. Give us just one one Foggy Nelson related Daredevil thought. Hate Foggy Nelson. Drug the entire show down. 
Um, I think Daredevil, I know there's multiple thoughts. Daredevil is a fantastic show, but it did suffer from the same thing that every single Netflix Marvel project suffered from, which every season needed to be cut down probably three episodes. Um, okay, it's better than what we have now where every season needs to be added three episodes. That's true. That's true. That's true. The TV category will continue to be contentious, I'm sure, as I know a lot of these shows. Some people love them, some people hate them. Wait, Tyler, you like the show, right? The thing is, I just remember liking it. I can't tell you much about it. All right, screw you. <laughs> hey, Tyler, go with your next pick. We're going to go with Tyler here. And Tyler, you did go back-to-back Captain America movies to start your draft. Are you going to go did. with Civil War from Phase 3? You know, 3 that's a great or... question. You know, I'm actually <laughs> Where are you going to skip Phase 3. I'm going to leave that sitting there for a little bit. All right. I'm going to move into Phase 4. There's only one movie you can pick. No, I know what you would pick. I'm no. not going to pick that one. No, that's not That's not it. I think there's only one movie that you like that you should pick in this category. And if you well, don't I'm do it, selling you're out. Fraud. I'm Christian, selling out for the fans. Why don't you let him fans. make the pick then? Come on, Tyler. What are you going to... I'm selling out. I'm going to sell out, and I'm going to get Shang-Chi. That's what I thought. No! Okay, good. Good job. All right. I thought you were going to go with a different one. I am um, extremely mad. I'm as mad as Christian has been. I thought I could sneak my way to Shang-Chi. Now. Phase 4 yeah, is done. Phase no 4 one is can just tough. Shang-Chi. What? I I, <laughs> I I mean, I think my favorite scene is definitely the, the trolley scene. That whole action that's happening. I, I enjoyed the humor from it. Uh, the first time I watched this movie, I wasn't as big of a fan. I walked out thinking that we didn't really get to know Shang-Chi. It was all just looking back to his past and going from there. But I think that that was more rooted in the cultural perspective of how we were shaped by our past, by our families. Uh, and so I just, I enjoy it. I enjoy the, yeah. I'm mad at you, Tyler, because this is, to me, my favorite movie from Phase 4. And I was really wishing that I could snatch it a little bit later on, because I know people around this table like other Phase 4 movies better. <laughs> so you got it right in front of me, and I just got to respect the drafting game, because you, you did well to, to you. steal it there. I totally agree with you. I think... Uh, the th- again, a very thematically rich Marvel movie here where we have families across generations, fathers and sons, uh, and lost mothers, of course, and even finding a way that the brother and sister relationship can build as well. I think they, they really do well with that throughout this movie. And sometimes, you know, Marvel tries the family theme. They've done it a lot, and it doesn't always work. And I'm, I think with Shang-Chi, although it does have its flaws, of course, I yeah. think it's a movie where the family themes do work really well. And it's, again, my favorite from Phase 4, so I'm mad that you stole it from me. <laughs> so now it comes to me. I get to make my selection, and I'm going to keep it in Phase 4 because I think Phase 4 really does start to drop off, and there is a movie in Phase 4 that I know Keenan really likes, and so I couldn't live with myself if I wasn't able to pick this one as my Phase 4 option, and I am going to go with Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. I, this is definitely a drafting-related choice for me. I wouldn't have picked this as early if I... Could get you know, if Keenan, I you're screwed to take a phase four option, but I, I think that Multiverse of Madness succeeds because it brings back Sam Raimi to Marvel Studios. Of course, he worked with Spider Man earlier on in the millennia, and I, I just think that this one has its flaws in the writing specifically. The, the cameo fest in the middle of the movie has its moments, it can be kind of fun, but. It also does drag the movie down a little bit, and some of the side characters are a little underbaked, particularly America Chavez. I wish we got more specifically of her. But the Sam Raimi of it all, it just is so fun, and you can really feel his directorial influence on this movie. A lot of his favorite 
directing tricks are here from weird transitions, people crossfading across each other, some horror elements. Of course, you got to start in the horror genre. And again, some genuine like violence and gore like we were talking about with James Gunn earlier. Nothing that makes you wonder if this movie should have been rated R or not, but still a little bit more where he's pressing the, he's towing the line that Disney will allow in this movie. And if I have to pick a phase four movie and I can't pick Shang-Chi, I gotta pick Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. Keenan, how mad are you at me right now? Because I know you're a big fan of that one as well. Yeah, I'm a little bit upset, but I think uh, Christian must have been struck in the head with a metal object or something because he's forgetting another just banger coming out in Phase 4. Please uh, tell me you're choosing Thor. If you choose Thor right now, it's great. <laughs> if you choose Thor right now, I won't eat your children. It is oh, wow. It is your turn to choose, Keenan. You have back-to-back -back picks. The problem is with that is that I have taste, so I won't be able to choose that. Here's the thing. I, okay, we're I can mute him at any point. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to get into Phase 4 right now, but I will say, Doctor Strange, I love, I love Multiverse of Madness. You know this. It was such a blast. Sam Raimi showed up, and in my opinion, just like we said with uh, Spider-Man No Way Home, like worried about all those cameos, uh, or all those like, you know, returning people. When Raimi came in, it was like, oh, is this going to be the Raimi that we know and love, or is this going to be like neutered Sam Raimi? And to me, this was Raimi unleashed. I mean, the fact you have demons swirling around Strange as Rachel McAdams is dropping, like, evil dead levels of dialogue, it, it was so, um, just Raimi. Some of the shots, some of the weird 90s alternative music playing as these montages were playing out. Loved it. Loved Elizabeth Olsen, obviously. Loved Wong. Uh, just a great movie. Well, Keenan, we're gonna we're gonna keep it with you because you've got your back-to-back -back picks once again here to end round three and kick off round four. I am curious to see where you'll go. Is phase one and two are both crossed off, so you get to live in the back half of the MCU, or maybe you'll go further back in time to a non-MCU choice. Here, curious to see what you do. Here's the thing, okay? I, uh, I I gotta get to bed, so I think I'm gonna wrap up this draft early and just end it right now. So let's do this. I'm joking, by the way, but uh, getting a little getting a little cocky. Uh, okay, my phase three. I'm gonna go to phase three. Obviously, I'm taking Avengers: Infinity War, the best movie that exists in the MCU, the number one film out of all 30 MCU films. Phase three, we are going Avengers: Infinity War. Um, I guess now I can talk about Endgame versus Infinity War. I feel like Endgame delivered. It was a great ending. It had a lot riding on it, and they nailed it. But I think Endgame was set up to succeed when you have that much setup, and the payoff is mainly coasting on emotion and coasting on, like, we love these characters. Something Christian likes to reference. We know these characters from watching, uh, you know, 10 years of their movies. Endgame, it would have been very hard to not nail those big moments. You know what I mean? Because I feel like those big moments almost had less to do with plot and more to do with, like, just little interactions here and there and like, you know, crowd pleasing things like let Cap say the line, let Cap hold the hammer. And those are awesome moments. But I think Infinity War had a much, much tougher job. You are trying to take all these different characters from all these different franchises, merge them together while setting up Thanos in this entire Infinity story, which to be honest was only touched on. It was only touched on throughout the throughout phase one, two, and three. So Infinity War, I think, had a lot bigger chance to fail 
<laughs> because it needed to do the heavy lifting in the setup. And I think it did it masterfully. So uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts, though, on, on Infinity War. The only thought I'll give is that Endgame is definitely better than Infinity War. So, anyone I, else? I like Thanos. <laughs> I'll say I loved Infinity War. I'd say for a long time I also thought that Infinity War is better than Endgame. I think that's changed more recently. But I think the focusing of Thanos, I think the pacing of the movie, I really appreciate. Even just starting with the distress call. Um, and, and going from there, just even Loki dying in the first scene. And... And yeah, taking off, you just feel the gravity of the threat. Um, and yeah, I think Thanos as a character, I think, set up so well. I'm going to say something. It's not at all a knock against the movie, but I think it's really funny. We end Thor Ragnarok by saying... Um, <laughs> Asgard is a people. Asgard is a people. Yeah, one of the major we, sins of Infinity War. And we start Infinity War with Asgard dead. With Asgard as half a people. Half of people. <laughs> All right. Um, Keenan, what's your next choice? Okay, here's where I'm going to be uh, kind of a jerk. I- I'm going to go I'm gonna go with my wild card pick. The wild card just... pick already being rolled out. Let's Ty- see. Tyler, I'm sorry. I feel like I'm mainly sticking, uh, sticking the fork in you on this one. Probably. Uh, I'm going <laughs> to leave you with nothing for phase three because I'm taking Captain America Civil War. Oh. And, I'm put- and I'm putting that as my wild card pick. Dang, brutal. Uh, <laughs> Tyler can't have the Captain oh, America monopoly. Oh, yeah. Keenan, why'd you, why'd you roll out the wild card pick so early to double dip in phase three here? I think Civil War is so good. I, I think the Russo brothers did... It's funny because I still think Winter Soldier is probably a better movie if I had to choose, just because I like the smaller scale, if you will. But I think with the task the Russo brothers were given... They nailed it, and they did as good of a job as they could of carrying over that real-world feel of Winter Soldier in a little bit more of the outlandish kind of storylines that were happening in Civil War. But I think the main thing is when the end of the movie arrived and we get that Tony versus Cap showdown, the emotion was there. It's a great showdown. You felt it, and that's all we could ask for. You had to feel that, and you did. You did not want to see these guys fighting. It was visceral. They did not pull any punches. You know, I mean, as far as, like, showing the violence, showing uh, Tony bloodied up. And I thought the fact the movie ended so emotionally strong, it just wrapped the whole thing up in a nice bow for me. So Civil War, great movie. could talk about it for a lot longer. But Yeah, you're killing me, Keenan. You're absolutely killing me. What a selection. Uh, I'd probably say Civil War is my favorite MCU movie, which is crazy. Um, Now I I feel bad. Yeah. Uh, But, yeah, just the the crossover. I love Tony and Steve's journey through the films and just how it just kind of makes sense how they end up in Civil War with Steve Rogers' just loyalty, his distrust of government, uh, bigger institutions, and Tony going from this playboy uh philanthropist to now thinking that they need oversight um and how that just brings that conflict and tension uh i think it's just powerful in that next step forward in their character arcs uh civil war is a movie that got a little bit worse for me when i saw it out of a theater and i was just rewatching the mcu on my own but obviously still very fun and i definitely great action scenes cannot yeah i cannot fault that ending fight scene between uh between stark and between rogers it's again just a true highlight of that movie one of the best 
most you know emotionally driven action moments in the MCU. A really beautiful blend of this narrative that we've been with for so long and the action filmmaking. So good choice there from Keenan. Keeping I, it. Can I, say one, can I say one thing real quick? Sure. Uh, I just want to point out how when that ending was, we were building towards it, and before we knew the reveal of uh, Bucky, you know, killing spoiler alert, killing Tony's <laughs> parents. I kept thinking, like, okay, this is going to feel forced. How are you going to get Cap and Tony to fight when the their their quabble or their you know squabbles, I should say, are kind of like minimal in a way where it wouldn't be believable. It would feel like they're just putting these two characters there, like, hey, you know, go fight each other because you disagree. But when they kind of turned that knife in you, and they were like, oh no no no, like how about this? How about this reveal? Mm. <laughs> it, uh, it became so real. It became so real that everyone in my theater when I saw this was like, oh, shit. Like, they, they felt it. Like, okay, it is on now. You know, it is on. You take that uh, small wound and you pour salt in it, and it's like, now now it's on. And I thought they did such a masterful job of kind of escalating that, that uh, you know, beef. Hmm. All right. Um, Scott, your pick. I was thinking about what to do here because they're, they're – are a couple phases I still have to get into. Or actually, the one phase I have to choose from is phase two, and then I have to get into the other categories. But I do think I'm going to leave phase two for now. And just like my beloved co-host Christian broke ground on the TV category with his last pick, I'm going to break ground on the non-MCU category here. And there are a ton of amazing options here. We have all of the X-Men movies, obviously, some of which are not so great. But for me, there are quite a few that are really, really good, really we have fun. the Fantastic Four movies. Yeah, there's Fantastic Four <laughs> options, but there's the Blade movies, which have their fans, and I, I returned to, actually not returned to, I saw for the first time recently, and that third one's a bit of a stinker, and I don't love the second one, but that first one is great. There's even the original Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies, but mm-hmm. I, what may be a controversial choice here, I am actually going to pick a different Spider-Man movie, and that movie is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Which, of course, happens concurrently with the MCU, one of the very few movies from this category to actually happen at the same time as the MCU. Maybe Deadpool will make an appearance in this podcast a little bit later. But Spider-Verse, as an animated movie, is just an absolute blast for people who love the form because they are playing with different types of animation depending on the characters and really creating this dense and richly layered Uh, I guess a series of images for us to look at. It's a beautiful movie to watch. And I think in today's day and age, sometimes with computer animation, sometimes you get stuff that just looks not thrown together, of course. I don't want to diss the people working on these movies, but you do get things that look like it was churned out by the studio in a couple of years. But Into the Spider-Verse, you can really feel the, the care and the craftsmanship that was put into it. And that's not even considering the fact that it's telling a fantastic Spider-Man story, introducing us to Miles Morales with a great vocal performance from Shamik Moore, but also showing us the blueprint for the Spider-Man multiversal story. As we get Spider-Gwen, we get Spider-Man Noir, memorably played by Nicolas Cage, uh, and, and many more versions of Spider-Man, including Jake Johnson's Peter B. Parker, who becomes the sort of mentor figure for uh, Miles Morales. It's just a a fantastic movie, a fantastic Spider-Man story, fantastic superhero story, fantastic animated movie. All in all, one of of the better movies for me from the whole superhero category. So had to break ground here on non-MCU and snag into the Spider-Verse before you guys could steal it from me. It's a beautifully animated movie. 
And that soundtrack, though, still listen to Sunflower. Oh, it's a banger. Soundtrack's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Into, Into the Spider-Verse is, to me, one of the best comic book movies ever. So, Scott, I'm jealous you took that. Uh, that was going to be my next pick. Well, well, well. Yeah, there, there are some great options that remain, and I'm curious to see what you guys actually pick for that category, because there I almost didn't pick this movie just so I could leave others on the table and be forced to pick something else, because uh, there's so many there that I love. But, Tyler, I now turn to you. You know what, Scott? Now that we've blown up the TV shows into just any Marvel show, and with the open category of the non-MCU movies, Marvel movies, I think I'm just going to wrap up my phases and go into phase three. And I'm going to grab Thor Ragnarok as my phase three movie. Thor makes an appearance. He does, finally. I think that this was a huge tonal shift in a new direction for Chris Hemsworth, uh, which, yeah, set the course for his journey in the Avengers movies that would follow, uh, leading into Thor Love and Thunder. Just seeing the new life in the character after this first two films, seeing Taika Waititi enter into the MCU was so special. Love Korg. But... I love Loki. I love Loki and Thor's relationship in this, the scene that they have in the little elevator, the little side quips. Uh, yeah, just enjoy this movie. I, I love the shift that it brought to Thor's character in the MCU. And I don't love this movie like everyone else um, does. I don't, I don't think it's the funniest thing ever, as some people do, but I do think it's incredibly well-crafted. And that they took a big swing and it paid off. I, it's the only Marvel movie with Jeff Goldblum. So there you go. There you go. For so many of these movies, you could say it's the only one with this person, the only one with that person. But I mean, Jeff Goldblum. How do you how do you deny that guy? He he is a great side character as the Grandmaster. Thor Ragnarok is like the equivalent of when you go to Taco Bell and it's really late and you get like too much stuff. So those first those first like four tacos you eat are Thor Ragnarok and you're on fire. You're like, damn, these tacos are good. Everything's fine. I'm loving this. Then Thor Love and Thunder is like when you get to the third cheesy gordita crunch and you're like, oh my God, like if I can't, I can't move. I can't breathe. I feel like I'm going to die. Uh, you should have just stopped at those first four tacos. You know what I'm saying? So Ragnarok gets a big time thumbs up. Um, Love and Thunder, it sucks. Sorry, Christian. Keenan, you're you're really killing the analogy game yeah, here. We got well Super done. Mario analogies, Taco Bell being brought up. I, I can't wait to see where your mind takes us next. <laughs> and Christian, we now go to you as once again you'll get to back-to-back uh, -back options here. So how are you going to end this round and kick off the next? I don't know. Um, I was going to take Wild Card originally in order to screw some people over you're looking at me with very very intent I eye contact <laughs> I, I don't think it would be you i think it would be some of the other people this would really i think put a damper on you guys if i took wild card so i'm gonna hold off on wild card i might still go with it but i um frick what should you know i i was gonna do non-mcu uh, and I was thinking of doing the original X-Men, but I think that instead of doing the original X-Men, I'm going to go with the first Spider-Man movie with Tobey Maguire. And I'm doing that. I, I know some people believe Spider-Man 2 is better. Those people might be right, except that Spider-Man 1 did bring us Willem Dafoe. 
it brought us the meme of I'm somewhat of a scientist myself. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think that I, I wanted to choose, I, I wanted to do that. Willem Dafoe did a crap ton in, in, in No Way Home and he had a life before that. And Tobey Maguire had a life. And I wanted to honor what Spider-Man was originally. And I still think it's a banger of a movie. So I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to do that to wrap up this round. You know, when I was first allowed to start watching some of these big action movies, PG-13 movies, I was still pretty young. I was in maybe first or second grade, something like this. And I remember I went out with some of my best friends at the time. We had, I was hanging out with them and their family took us to a big Italian dinner. Had a bunch of pasta, got some garlic bread. And we went back and we watched Spider-Man. And the adrenaline rush coupled with my young tummy being filled with Italian food literally almost made me sick. <laughs> I, had, I remember distinctly, I had to go like, I had to like lie down in my friend's bedroom, my sleeping bag. And I thought I was going to throw up. And this happened for the next year or so when I would watch a movie like this. Because it would get me so excited watching uh, these big superhero movies for the first time. So Spider-Man always will have a special place in my heart. I, I cannot fault you there for that choice. I don't know where I go in Spider-Man versus Spider-Man 2. I think they're both really, really good. So I can't fault you for this choice, Christian. Keenan, were you going to say something? I think the main thing is these movies, you know, were after being... Uh, so ingrained in the MCU when you go back and watch this trilogy which I did before uh, No Way Home came out just to refresh myself like they're special because they feel different they feel very like Sam Raimi they feel very much like someone's vision more so than like you know maybe the third one not so much but even the third one it, it feels like weird and, and off and goofy in like a very specific way that the MCU could never get away with except again maybe a little bit of multiverse of madness so um, these are special movies, and I, I think, honestly, when they came out, I don't think I appreciated them as much as I do even now looking back on them. Christian, you get to go back-to-back back here, and you've gotten your TV show and non-NC out of the way, but you still need something from both Phase 1 and 2. So, where are you going to go, Christian? Are you going to pick your wild card and screw someone over, or are you going to keep yourself in the draft here? I'm going to... Frick, I, I could... There are so many things I could do with my wild card right now that I don't know if I'll be able to do with my wild card later. So do do I um do I go with my head or do I go with my heart? Uh, Christian, this is a draft. I can't decide your strategy for you. I would go head. You know that's what I've been trying. Whatever to do, doesn't but... screw me over. <laughs> I am going to go with another TV show. Another TV show. Going to choose Loki. Wow, Christian. You screw Timmy over. <laughs> <laughs> Leaving phase one and two still untouched, and you've got two TV shows before any of us have one. I don't think anyone is going to use their wild cards to screw me over on phase one with the one choice I think I'm going to do. That is fair. That is true. And phase two, I have three options that i could choose and feel okay with okay so um well yeah so i'm i'm gonna choose loki which well, is a great uh a, i guess official canon mcu tv show that brings back tom hiddleston in a honestly fantastic use of time and also it, it kind of makes fun of the transition from the infinity saga to the multiverse saga 
by I, I always remember the shot where he opens the drawer and all the infinity stones and copies of them are there almost like a guess what everything that we thought was important is being reset and just the way in which it completely altered the mcu in ways we still don't know that's my one criticism well i have many but one of the criticism my major criticism in phase four is that we still don't know where we're going but this one said we're going somewhere and it's not where we were before so i i, I wanted to choose something i like that i know is also a fan favorite yeah i think loki was consistently good and it was quirky and weird so it made it stand out they leaned more into the conversational side of things and i loved owen wilson and uh tom hiddleston's back and forths um i think the show was just consistent which was its biggest strength i don't think there were really any big like i mean you could say the penultimate episode had some big fireworks and some crazy spectacle but i don't know like for the most part it didn't really have super highs that made me like remember things it, it introduced just, jonathan majors which is the highest yeah, of highs but, for, but for the problem like you mentioned though the problem with jonathan majors and the kang angle and a lot of the stuff in the show as far as just the plot it was somewhat confusing and we still don't I almost feel like they needed to kind of give clarity on this sooner because now it's almost been like too long and too muddled with like how the multiverse works that you know what talk to me when you choose your own tv show (laughs) i'm just being real here i I love loki though i do love loki it's definitely at towards the top of the uh disney plus shows all right it's it's up there for me too christian so i got you know i thought i had an advantage on you when you snagged daredevil first but you got your wild card pick in and you Took one of my top options here, so I'm a little jealous. But we now turn to Tyler. Yes. Perhaps the TV show is in your future. I know. Now that he see. used a wild card to double down on the TV shows. I think I will use my TV show draft right now. I'm going to go with what I thought was a better show than Loki. Um, I'm going to go with WandaVision. I... I really enjoyed WandaVision. The only thing that I didn't enjoy was the last episode of how it just forced everything. But up until that point, I think just the use of the different sitcoms, a little bit of mystery where it's all heading. I think going deeper into Wanda and her processing of grief, even going through uh, as Agnes just kind of walks through her mind. I think that Multiverse of Madness did a huge disservice to this show by just immediately corrupting Wanda with the Darkhold. Um, I think that could be, I have thoughts about how that could have been handled better, but I think this as its own show, I just really enjoyed it. It's, it's, I think it's the best of the Disney plus shows, the entertainment value. Um, yeah. Kicking off the Disney plus shows for Marvel. And now both my top options for MCU TV shows are gone. Cause I am a huge fan of WandaVision as well. I know a lot of people don't like the way that show starts out because it's purely just sitcom. I love how it starts sitcom, out. But I love it too. Yeah. I, I thought it was honestly refreshing to see Marvel just getting kind of weird with it and not feeling as beholden to the rest of the, the giant franchise as they had been. And it, it was just nice to see the you know characters that I knew in a, in a superhero world that I liked already, but getting to do something different and strange. And I really, really liked those early episodes. And as the sitcominess feeling continues through the first few episodes, I, I enjoyed the rest of that show as well. I'm with you. I think the ending is a little weak, but that's a pretty common problem with it's Marvel true. just shows, movies in general. And so with that in mind... You know what show didn't have a weak ending? Loki. I mean, Loki probably had the best uh, ending out of all of his MCU TV shows. So definitely can't complain there. Uh, Keena, this was your favorite MCU show, right? I love WandaVision. It is my favorite of the Disney Plus shows. I well, think- you didn't get it. 
Wow, yeah. we're fighting the trash talk. <laughs> hey, Christian, uh, I cannot wait until you choose Thor: Love and Thunder here pretty soon, and I can just unmercifully. In, in what I category, bro? Yeah, for that. Here's what I do want to say about Wandavision. It, like, what is something that equals the the um, feat you would say of elevating a character like Wanda to the level they did in one show? One show, one series on Disney Plus took a character that most people thought was, you know, third string, right? And she is now one of people's favorite characters in the MCU. Favorite. And I think she has even a brighter future. You know, I I don't think she's done yet. And I just think that uh, the show did a phenomenal job. Elizabeth Olsen, phenomenal. I think the show benefited from two big things, though. Number one, this was the first MCU project that we had in, what was it, like a year and a half? True. Yeah. So tons of anticipation. People were hungry. And the second thing is, this was the first, MC, or the first MCU project on Disney+. Plus. So it's like, that's so many eyeballs, so many people tuning into this. And I'm not saying they wouldn't have otherwise but i do think it helped i don't know if the show would have been quite as buzzy if it dropped let's say like when ms marvel dropped or something like that you know i think those two factors helped a lot with its uh kind of impact as far as the uh culture or the pop culture goes totally all right um now scott comes to me i've got to make a tv show choice i've got to make a phase two choice and i'm trying to figure out what our guy keenan is going to do because he gets to swipe two right after me and he's got Phase 2 taken care of, but it doesn't have a TV show. And honestly, I just got to make sure... Or you know what? Keenan's got his wild card chosen. He's got his Phase 2 chosen, which means I need to go TV show here. Because I got to pick something that Keenan I, I can't choose. I'll get my Phase 2 after. And I'm torn here because of the TV show options, I know that Keenan and I didn't always agree here. So it's not like I get to strategically choose around him here. And I'm torn with my options because there's nothing that I love, but I do have a clear top choice and I'm going to take some heat for it because that clear top option is She-Hulk Attorney at Law, baby. No. <laughs> I You're kidding me. Can't. I am not kidding you. Is it April 1st? It is not April 1st. I, you know, I, look, I really like Moon Knight. I know Christian hates Moon Knight, but I like it. I like Miss Marvel quite a bit, but I, like I think Ms. that show loses itself when it, when it starts globetrotting. And I think I like I like Hawkeye too, but I became such a fan of She-Hulk because it was getting so much unnecessary hate. And not just the losers who don't like watching shows about women, but I think She-Hulk knew what it was from the beginning. Uh, the pilot episode is honestly lame. It's the reverse WandaVision, where the start of the show stinks, but the rest of it is great. It was a funny lawyer show. It felt the most TV show-ish that the MCU TV shows had been in a long time. And so much of it was genuinely funny and built on the back of this great Tatiana Maslany performance. And sure, the, the She-Hulk CGI is not what you want from a Marvel property, but a lot of Marvel's CGI is not looking so strong in Phase 4. And it's not the only factor that I'm judging these things on. And, and frankly, I just had a really great time with She-Hulk Attorney at Law. And it was legitimately one of the only times I was sad that an MCU TV show was over. Because I would have watched a weekly adventure, a case of the week type of show with She-Hulk for quite a few more uh, weeks or even months. So I know it's probably one that nobody else was going to pick, but I just had to, had to snag it to build my, my draft here. She-Hulk Attorney at Law, baby. You're going to say JK, right? 
I'm not going to say JK. No, because I, I'm, I stand by everything that I said. I, I legitimately think it's just a fun and funny show. And I, I think the ending, too. Not, the ending is great. Know, you know what's funny is that I, I kept, like, thinking, and I still think this, that I hate the show. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, like, here's the weird thing. Every week, I would watch the episode and, go, like, go in expecting, like, I hate the show so much, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hate watch it. And then it would end, and I was like... You know what? That was that wasn't too bad. That was kind of <laughs> it, it, it's funny because I said that literally every week, and then when it's all said and done, it's like, why? Why do I think I hate the show? I don't think I hate the show. I think it is just like so unbelievably mid-tier, like so unbelievably like uh, sloppy in so many different ways. The humor was all over the place. Like there were some jokes that landed hard and I was laughing out loud. And But I, I feel like the balance wasn't there because too many of the jokes were just like, mm, this ain't it. Uh, and I don't think... I, I don't think it, you know, we don't have to get into this entire conversation, but like, I don't think it's a matter of like, people don't like watching shows with women. I, I love watching shows with women. I think I it's love a matter of, <laughs> color are Let's go. No. I'm just saying, like, I think it's a matter though of like, how you treat that, you know, like, do we treat, like, how is the character written? Like, how is the character, like, uh, presenting things? I, I, that's why I thought the first episode was such a huge, like, not only weird tonally, but just like very off-putting. I don't think it did a very good job of making me buy into her character, um, especially with some conversations, you know, specifically with Bruce talking about, uh, you know, anger and trauma. And she's, she's talking to a guy who literally tried to kill himself because he's poisoned with radiation and witnessed Thanos bringing the incoming apocalypse. It's just like, hey, wrong target audience, man. Like he's not the one you okay. were saying this to. I will say one whole star for the number of Charlie Coxes. <laughs> That's right. Daredevil comes back, my guy Christian. And we get Madison. I know Kason, your your brother Keenan, is a fan of Madison. Madison, Madison was wonderful. Wise. Yeah, what do you think? Uh, and, and look, I we can argue about that show forever. I just think it, it was legitimately one of my the favorites for TV shows for me, so I wanted to make it. Uh, we get a list that is distinctly my own here, as I've made some other picks that are more play on the draft board. Uh, and now, Keenan, we turn it to you for your back-to-back -back choices here. You have chosen your wild card, but you've still got to make some picks, including your TV show. And so I'm curious to see where you will go if you are going here. Here we go. Let's stick in the world of television. Um, this is a this is kind of a tricky one for me, but it's definitely the only choice left, the only show I would even consider picking. Um, I'm going to go with my main dog, Hawkeye. Uh, here's the thing. This is like the little show that could. The little... <laughs> hey, people want to crap on this show because he's Hawkeye. That's what we do to Hawkeye. But this was a Christmas delight. It is unique in its setting. It took place in uh, New York at Christmas time. I think that is so festive. I love just looking at the at you know New York during Christmas time. And I feel like this show had a lot of obviously there's some lowlights, but this show had a lot of highlights. Kate Bishop is a standout. As soon as Haley Steinfeld was cast in the MCU, yes, please, give me more of that. She delivered exactly what you would want Haley Steinfeld to deliver. I thought her parents, played by Vera Farmiga and the dude from Better Call Saul, who was like her stepdad. I can't think, I'm blanking on his name right now, but the guy with the sword. Yep. <laughs> yeah, he was so funny. Like, like he was a standout character. And I, it, despite the fact I can't remember his name. And 
I mean, I just think of so many moments. The Steve Rogers musical, hilarious. You think of that insane action set piece, like in episode three or two or three or whatever it was, where they're in the car shooting the trick arrows and stuff and on the bridge. Awesome stuff. It looks cinematic. You think of everything Florence Pugh is bringing to the table as Yelena coming in and giving more depth to her relationship with Natasha and more depth to Clint's relationship with Natasha. I loved it. Love the finale on the ice rink with all the trick arrows. That was great. I think we can question the kingpin thing. He seemed kind of goofy, kind of weak. Got his ass kicked by a 17-year-old girl. That's kind of not a good look for him joining the MCU. But overall, Hawkeye was a fun show. It had real moments of emotion, and it had memorable scenes, like things that I still think back on, and I'm like, that was awesome. Now you're making me second-guess myself, Keenan, because you just totally sold Hawkeye to me. <laughs> I'm, I'm a huge fan of that one as well. I agree that the, the Christmassy vibes totally work for that show, and there's a lot of standout moments. I think the, the overall situation, uh, maybe I you know give She-Hulk the slight edge, but I, I agree with a lot of your praise there. I, I was a big fan of it as well. And now, guys, we had a whole row, a whole round of purely TV shows. Look at us <laughs> making those, making those selections. Any other Hawkeye thoughts, or do we turn it back to Keenan to keep it, keep the ball rolling here? I liked Florence Pugh. Florence Pugh's great. Florence Pugh is great. No problems here. I, I just wasn't interested in all at all with Echo or with Fisk. I just didn't care show. what happened to any of the characters. Yeah, it <laughs> made it kind of rough. I wish that they went more into the Ronin side of like more of the consequences of that and the impact that that had on different people. Um, yeah, I think you're right. I just don't know if like you're totally right. That would have been a more compelling show. I just don't know if that really fit with like what they were trying to do. That's almost like dark, and I feel like they yeah. were trying to keep it somewhat light and Christmassy. But, yeah. All right. Um, you have another pick, Keenan. Are you going to go oh. Phase Four, or are you going to break out of the MCU and, and pick yourself a, a legacy Marvel movie? Where are we going? I'm, go I'm going with non MCU. Uh, I'm going to throw it over to my main dog, Ryan Reynolds, and we're taking it back to the original Deadpool. That's a good um, pick. That's a very good pick. This movie is infinitely rewatchable. I think you can make the point it's maybe not as funny as it was when it dropped, but the problem is that's comedy in general. Very few comedies hit as hard as they do when you first see them. Uh, but I think the thing this movie did, it came out in the what you could argue was the prime of the MCU. This came out in 2016, right? Am I right about that? Uh, around. Around there. So... This was when the MCU was firing on all cylinders. Everybody was fully ingrained in this MCU world. And you took something like Deadpool that looked like the MCU. This didn't look dark and DC, Zack Snyder-ish, totally different tonally. It looked like the MCU. It had the quips, but again, it was so <coughs> vul sorry, vulgar and crass. I loved it. I'm going to cough. Someone else talk about Deadpool. It's funny. It's really funny. It's the best Ryan Reynolds I think has ever been. I mean, have you seen the proposal? Chris? I, okay, I, <laughs> I, I, I love the proposal. <laughs> Proposal's great. No, I'm with you. I, I think uh, as a big fan of the uh, X Men movies, I think that Deadpool is definitely in the I would maybe say the top half of that uh, sort of mid franchise from Fox pre Disney. I am not as big a fan of the Deadpool movies as some uh, Marvel people are, some comic book movie people are, but. Definitely enjoyable times and very funny. That That is pretty reliable. So I knew that one would get picked by someone and can't fault you there, Keenan. 
Perfect. Uh, I don't have too much more to say. I love this movie, and uh, you know, I think it, it, it kind of further blew up Ryan Reynolds into, into even more than he was at the time. Introduced a lot of people to Negasonic Teenage Warhead, an X-Men that nobody outside of the comic readers had heard of at that point. And what an introduction. And indeed it is. All right, uh, Scott, you have a pick? Back to me, and I have my choice between Wildcard and Phase 2, but Christian, notably, you and I are playing chicken with Phase 2, and I'm done playing. I'll save my Wildcard for my last pick, because i got to snag one of my favorite movies in the whole phase, and that is another Christmassy option from our from our friends at Marvel Studios. Yes, do it, do it, do Iron it, Man do it. Iron Man 3, folks. God bless oh, you. That is a great one. Got me Iron some, Man 3 is an amazing movie. Got me some Tony Stark on my list. I think Iron Man 3 is legitimately underrated. I, I learned after the fact that there were some haters for Iron Man 3, which blew my mind, because Iron Man 2 is a stinker. And they really rebounded, both in bringing in Shane Black to write and direct, and just make, overall, a, a much better movie. And sure, the Guy Pierce performance, I'll just kill him there as the villain, it, he's not the best. The Mandarin bait and switch, again, not the best for a classic Marvel character, and they do find a way to you know restore Mandarin as a threat with the Shang-Chi uh, entrance in Phase 4 here. But aside from some of the, the weak villains that we get in Iron Man 3, I think it's just another great performance from Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark, dealing with some of the events of the previous MCU movies, of course. He fought in the Battle of New York and nearly died <laughs> out in space alone. And obviously, that would affect someone. And they actually deal with it in the movie, as opposed to just proceeding as if nothing had happened. And I, I dig that element of it, that, that Shane Black goes there with that movie. And, and again, really situates this movie in the franchise and doesn't just blow past things that happened in the previous movie. We're building on what we have here for making these characters grow and develop. And Downey Jr. is just, you know, of course, we already sung his praises on this episode. He was arguably the, the cornerstone of the MCU for that first, uh, first run up to Endgame. So Iron Man 3 for me is just one that I've always loved, seemingly more than the average Joe. And the fact that it's still here in Phase 2, it's one of my, it's, a little bit of my favorite in this movie, or second favorite in this phase behind Winter Soldier. So, super glad that it's still there for me, and I'm glad that I could snag it. Uh, great Gwyneth Paltrow. Yes! And, and just, she gets to actually do something <laughs> in this movie. I, 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 I really love this movie. It's I think it's underrated. I think it's one of the best. It, it's definitely below Iron Man 1 for me. But, oh my goodness, what a great just internal conflict of a film. And fan, fantastic use of Christmas. Oh, yes. Yeah. I think, too, something that needs to be noted about Iron Man 3, kind of a random point, but this, to me, was the first time that the quality of the MCU noticeably stepped up in terms of, like, filmmaking. And I'm not even just saying Shane Black. I'm just saying the look of this movie, when you compare everything in Phase 1, including Avengers, and then you watch this, it is like watching something in you know, uh, standard definition and then turning on like high definition. It's, it's that noticeable where it's like, okay, they know what they have now and they're, they're stepping it up big time quality wise. It no longer looks like an ABC show, you know? Totally. And I also love this movie. I do think as well that it is underrated. I think the stripping away of the suit to Tony Stark having the whole run as the mechanic mm -hmm. was just so good. And I think that a lot of people can complain where he destroys his Iron Man suits at the end and then quickly has them again, conveniently, for Age of Ultron. <laughs> of course. But I think that that character development that even carries over into his mentorship with uh, Tom Holland's Spider-Man 
of if you're nothing without the suit, shouldn't have it. And so I think that it does have its marks on Tony Stark's character development, which, yeah, it's great. Tyler, we're going to keep you talking here because it's your turn to make your pick here in round six. We are fastly approaching the conclusion of this draft, and you have knocked down your core MCU choices. Phase one through four done. TV show done. So now you get your choice. Wild card or a non-MCU pick. Where you, you know, go? I'm moving into my non-MCU movie, and I'm actually going to take Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 2. Okay. I am in the camp that thinks that the sequel is better than the first one. Not only with Doc Ock, I think, being a better villain than Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin. Um, yeah, someone who wants to do right by the world of sustainable energy and comes around at the last second to actually save the day. But even more so, I think that the romance between Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man, and the MJ, I forget what's it? Oh, Kirsten Durst. Dunst. And uh, that Your girl. That, yeah. She, she, they taught me what love is, and I <laughs> getting to see that. And Tobey Maguire's just devastation in having to choose between protection of the girl or continuing as Spider Man. The whole blockage that's even referred to in No Way Home, um, I think was just funny, but also just showed the, the weight of carrying the mantle of Spider Man. You know who taught me what love is? Who? Scott, you know. Me? Yeah. I taught you what love is. No, <laughs> Harry Potter well, I don't taught like me this. what love is. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, I Spider-Man love Spider-Man too. too. Yeah, I uh, just just gonna just drop this in here. I did a final project in college. It was a film studies. This is my second major. Final project on the Spider-Man trilogy of movies. So a special place in my heart, <laughs> always for these movies. Spider-Man Two is an allegory for America in a post 9/11 world. Anyway, Christian, back to you. Your final two picks here. So just keeping folks up with where you've been. You started in phase three, moved to phase four, went to TV show, then non-MCU and double dipped into TV shows for your wild card. So you got to make your phase one and two choices here. And I'm curious to see where you go. I'm going to end with a movie that I'm not the biggest fan of, but I think other people are fine with just because it's the least bad out of the phase one movies. And that's Thor. Yeah, you know, Thor is a movie. And Chris Hemsworth is in it, and he's good looking. And um, the the there's there's it's directed by an Oscar winning filmmaker, Kenneth Branagh of all people <laughs> directing Thor. Um, and uh, and the Loki is in this movie. And there's some ice people, the Frost Giants, and and the, <laughs> and that and, and Natalie Portman. Yeah, that's Thor. With what you had left. The Incredible Hulk and Iron Man 2, in my opinion, are both just flat-out bad movies. And I think Thor has some redeeming qualities to it. Not my favorite, for sure, but I, I don't... I'm glad you went there. <laughs> I would have had some questions if you didn't. I actually think Thor is big-time underrated. Uh, big-time. I, I think it's kind of like a Captain America situation with the first Avenger, where when you look back, it feels a lot different than anything else we've seen in the MCU. This is the closest we got to the actual, like... Norse mythology, leaning into the Asgardians, what it means to be Odin and his children. And it, it felt very, like, theatrical, and I like that. And they they kind of shied away from that as they went on, and, and uh, it's really the only look we got at kind of Asgardians acting like Asgardians. So I do praise it for that. And Christian, your phase two choice to wrap up your draft. So I honestly loved... There was one clear winner... 
in Phase 2 that was Winter Soldier. And then there were three movies that I loved that I would have chosen had I not gotten Winter Soldier. Those are Iron Man 3, Avengers Age of Ultron, and Ant-Man. And I do not have a comedic movie, and so I'm going with Ant-Man because Ant-Man rules. Ant-Man is such an amazing movie. Oh my goodness, Paul Rudd here, Evangeline Lilly, the ability for Michael Douglas to come in, the fact that they drop us later on in the in the canon and not have Hank Pym be the one who dons the original Ant-Man suit. Just the, the like this was almost an Edgar Wright movie and you can definitely see the influences like when they all of a sudden break and start to go through who it is that introduced the idea for the heist. The first time he goes down, the, the, the Antony, Antony's wonderful. Oh my goodness! Like I, I actually, I, Ant Man is one of my. Um, it, it, it's I, I think it's in my tier one when we did the whole rankings of MCU movies, and it does not, I think, get the love it deserves for the way that it was able to do comedy. I think so smartly. In, I mean, dude, you in gotta this. mention Michael Pena. Come on, he's Michael like Pena. The, the comedic, 100%. comedic rock of this movie. And the only thing. The, the, like the worst part about Ant-Man is that Ant-Man and the Wasp is so forgettable. Yes, it is. <laughs> but but Ant-Man itself is fantastic. Ant-Man and the Wasp is like the same movie as Ant-Man, just like with just maybe worse. a little bit bigger budget. It's worse. It's worse, Keaton. It's Come worse. on. <laughs> well, I mean, okay, let me ask a question. Is Evangeline Lilly better in Ant-Man or Ant-Man and the Wasp? Ant-Man. What? <laughs> I, I haven't seen the original Ant-Man in quite some time. I, I did watch Ant-Man and the Wasp again in the... I forget when. It was probably before our MCU episode last year, Christian, because I was trying to rewatch ones I hadn't seen since theaters, and so I watched that one again. But I, I have no, no argument there. I think eventually Lily is, is pretty good in both movies. So. I, I like Ant-Man. I think that the thing is, these movies represent everything... Uh, that is to me like the cookie cutter Marvel formula and I'm not saying that's always a bad thing but when you think of the Marvel formula you think of Ant-Man and Ant-Man and the Wasp I think that the humor is there but it's mainly because of how incredible the cast is whether it's Pena, Paul Rudd obviously um, even T.I. and that other guy who talks about Baba Yaga David Delsmachian, of course, who uh, has become a character actor favorite for these kinds of movies. This is the work of gypsies. Money, and I almost feel like it's more them than like the humor. Like I almost feel like they're coasting on their charm and natural charisma. And I'm down to coast, Keenan. I will ride the surfboard. (laughs) I, I like it. And now we come to Tyler for his last pick. Tyler, you and I both have left our wild card selections here, so we get to double dip back into a phase or maybe be like Christian, pick another TV show. But Tyler, I'm curious to see where you go. What are you snagging for your final pick? You know, I've actually been scrolling through the list of all these Marvel movies with the wild card pick. Can't decide and... between Incredible Hulk and Thor the Dark Oh, World. yeah, yeah. I can't believe they weren't chosen. Yeah. Um, no, but I'm going to do something I think is characteristically me. And I'm going to use my wild card on Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Oh, dude. You've crushed I, my spirits. Oh, that's <laughs> I've hurts. done this to you consistently throughout the draft. Apparently. You really have, man. I, I love this movie. I, I love just the circulating themes of family and what is family between, yeah, between Star-Lord and Ego and the biological relationship, but realizing how poisonous that is and... The family being the other guardians, but you also have that with Nebula and Gamora. Um, so circulating themes. I love Yondu, 
and just that relationship between him and uh, Peter. And by the time where you get to Cat Stevens, father and son at the end with the funeral, I can't help but get emotional every time. It just strikes a chord. I love Rocket's progression in this movie and his relationship with Yondu. I love the whole scene where Yondu just wipes out his whole mutinous crew. Um, yeah, I think it uses the music of the first one, James Gunn's style, and I love that it is all based around uh, the song Brandy and bringing it back. Song. It's so good, and I cannot help but love that song and continue to listen to it since this movie. You forgot a, an extremely important element of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, which is Baby Groot, of Baby, course. Baby Groot. Groot. The dancing Baby Groot. Uh, uh, of course, opening that movie with the dance, dancing around to, is it Mr. Blue Sky? Is yep. the song as yep. they fight some... It's a great opening. Yeah, so good. Some ridiculous alien in the background, and, and Baby Groot is pretty much one of the funniest, consistently funniest characters the MCU has ever had. Great uh, pitched up performance from Vin Diesel. I am mad at you because Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 is legitimately one of my favorite MCU movies just overall. And so as I go back through this list, it's like you just keep snagging movies <laughs> that I love right before I get to go. Uh, Keenan, I know you were big on Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1, if you will. So any Volume 2 thoughts? Yeah, I don't want to be uh, too negative because I think Tyler... You've been negative this entire <laughs> podcast. Hey, we, we got to balance it out. Yeah, I don't... Uh, we got to... Especially Christian, some of your takes, we got to bring them back down to earth here. Tyler, you put that so well with, like... What, I totally agree with you, too. Everything you said about Guardians 2 is why it's a great movie. My problems with Guardians 2 and the reason I don't hold it in as high of regard as the original is because while not as egregious as what Taika Waititi did with Love and Thunder... I do think that this movie was a little bit too much of James Gunn uh, leaning into the forced comedy where the jokes, there were too many jokes. They, they made Drax a complete punchline. Um, especially like every time I try to watch the movie, I, I enjoy the themes you mentioned, Tyler, but the comedy is almost like beating you over the head at times, like where characters are just yelling punchlines at each other. And it's almost like, too much too like just a little bit to, like tone it down a little bit a little bit if there's anything i hate fellas it's when a movie is too funny darn it That's not what i said scott <laughs> I, i'll respect i'll respectfully agree to disagree with you on the comedy in volume two Keenan. but <laughs> your point is taken um scott Guys, choose your wild card. gentlemen, I literally cannot believe this movie fell to me. Last round, wild card pick, and I get to take Wait. Morbius. It's here. Wait, can I can I guess what your it's pick's going to be? Time, you ruined my Morbius joke, Christian. Come on. What what are you, what are you guessing, Christian? Because I actually can't believe this movie made it to me, and I'm very excited to pick it. So. Is it another Spider-Man movie? It sure is. I know. What it, yeah, it's the Phase 3 one. Uh, the first Phase 3 one. Yes, you're correct, Christian. It's Spider-Man Homecoming as my wild card pick. I am definitely a big Spider-Man fan, and I, one of my, I'm not a huge, hugely prone to hot takes, but I am losing a little bit of love for my guy Tom Holland because he has made a lot of movies that are not so good outside of the MCU. So what? He's lost. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's lost some of the juice for me. Keen and I also like Cherry. But oh goodness, that movie. We can have a whole separate podcast on that movie. Doesn't work. Uncharted. But Holland, that movie is a dumpster fire. Holland gets dropped into Civil War and immediately makes an impression. And Homecoming basically picks up right after it. And it is simply, and just in my opinion, I mean, one of the best Spider-Man movies we've ever gotten. And I think it's the best Spider-Man movie in the MCU. 
getting to beautifully blend high school coming of age drama with this Spider-Man story that oftentimes the movies don't quite capture. I think the original Spider-Man from Sam Raimi does, but many of the MCU movies are not as focused on Peter Parker, the person, the high school student or the college student eventually. And Homecoming absolutely crushes it in that regard. Plus you throw in some fun mixes to the formula just based on what we had known from, from earlier. Of course, Ned, uh, played by Jacob Adelon, is a really fun uh, side character. You also get Zendaya introduced, of course, as MJ, the, the non-Mary Jane Watson character, who is so funny in her just very toned down and monotone performance. Uh, there, there's just a lot to love about Homecoming. It is funny, it is heartwarming, and Michael Keaton, one of one of Christian Ubius's two dads, of course, Michael Keaton absolutely uh, steals the show as the villain Vulture, who, speaking of you know great MC villains, in my opinion, is, is one of the best we've gotten. So can't believe Homecoming was still on the board all the way at the second to last pick of the draft, and I'm very happy to take it into my basket and wrap up my draft with it. My, my, my two dads made some of the best MCU villains. So I, I do not like the movie Thor Love and Thunder, but I do agree with you that Christian Bale is not the reason I dislike that movie. He is very good there. But no, I, I love Homecoming. So the I this is here's the thing. Christian sometimes gets it wrong. I saw Homecoming the first time and I thought it feels like they were just trying to make a quiet movie and I don't know why they couldn't raise the bar. I saw the movie again for our rankings episode last year and I thought, what kind of jerk asshole was I to <laughs> dislike this movie oh my goodness how great it blends just the 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 mentor mentee relationship how wonderful the reveal that um mm. vulture that michael keaton was uh, his so his date's dad one of the best moments of the MCU where I truly felt like the rug had been pulled out from under me. They got me so good they were when he opens so the door. The car ride, the awkward car ride. Oh, yes. The tension's so Just good. fantastic. It, like, if, you, if, you're, if you're nothing without the suit, then you shouldn't have it line that Tyler mentioned earlier. It's, it's a phenomenal movie. Oh, man. Keenan, you you are you're welcome to share any homecoming thoughts, but you also get to make the very last pick of the draft here. So feel free to share some Spider-Man thoughts, but then we of course need a phase four pick from you to really wrap things up and, and send this draft into the voting stage. Hey, I love Homecoming. Great movie, definitely in my top ten in the MCU. Uh, yeah, I'm not trying to be like a wet blanket. I'm normally just trying to think of like because I'm normally so overly praising the MCU that I'm trying to think of like my critiques more than uh, I normally would. But I will say with Homecoming, one thing that this is nitpicking, but one thing I think they could have done to like spice it up a little bit. Maybe I'm crazy, but I wish they would have put more of the flair that something like Ms. Marvel had as far as the first few episodes of Ms. Marvel, a little bit more creativity with the visuals, maybe uh, some like crazy splash screen stuff, just little bursts of personality that maybe spice it up a little bit. Because to me, it's great. Everything about it, everything you guys just talked about is so true, but I feel like, it, it, I don't wanna say bland, it just doesn't really have like a visual, uh, it's not memorable visually. And I feel like little touches like what Ms. Marvel did could have gone a long way. All right, Keenan. the last pick of the Cinema Drip MCU draft. We need a Phase 4 movie from you. Your options are few, and I'm curious to see where you go. Scott, permission to, permission to whisper for my Phase 4 pick. Uh, well, we are recording you from a computer, so whisper, but whisper loudly. <laughs> Wakanda forever! 
I mean, easily, this is no question. Black Panther Wakanda Forever is my phase four pick. This movie is phenomenal. This movie, to me, is definitely, definitively better than the original Black Panther in almost every single way. Uh, Scott, I'm sorry. Stand down. I, I know I'm firing you up right now. I know you love Bozeman. Look, Bozeman was, Bozeman was solid. Okay, he was solid as T'Challa. Have some respect um, for the dead, Keenan. But, Goodness gracious. But, but <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, he was good, but I, I, I'm really kind of confused as to why you hold him in such high regard in that role. Because I thought he did a serviceable job, oh. but to me, to me, in Wakanda Forever, Shuri was such a better lead than Bozeman was in the original movie. Um, what she was going through hit me so much harder. It was powerful. I thought she sold it well. And she had such a hard job, Leticia Wright is an actress, of going from a kind of comic relief sideline character to a lead in this movie. And she carried the movie on her back. Everything emotionally revolving around her, it hit. It worked. She sold it. And she could still slip into Shuri mode from the first movie. Um, So I can't say enough good things about her. Visually, this movie was a big step up and I thought tonally I just thought like we mentioned with uh when I was talking about the original where Coogler was kind of fighting with maybe uh what he wanted versus what Disney wanted this movie felt like what I expected from Ryan Coogler in the first movie he brought his A game this thing felt like a Ryan Coogler movie coming off of something like Fruitvale and Creep um loved it loved it loved it uh minor little complaints here and there but uh overall i i can't praise it enough i'd love to hear what you guys think of wakanda forever the most recent mcu movie gets to make it into the draft here in the final pick i will say as the outspoken fan of the original black panther i I, i'm not really trying to be funny but just as a counterpoint i think i did like i disagree with you and a lot of what you were saying keenan in that i do think the first is thematically richer i do think the bozeman performance just from a charisma perspective is uh, far out, he far outclasses Letitia Wright, although it is a good performance. Um, and I think the original Black Panther is also much more focused. It's not like they're doing, they're avoiding the MCU. Of course, some, some MCU elements do get brought in. But Wakanda Forever is saddled with introducing Riri Williams and with bringing in Julia Louis-Dreyfus's uh, character, the Countess, who keeps showing up in these TV shows and in these movies. And her and Ross's storyline, Martin Freeman there, feels pretty much superfluous. I understand that it moves the plot forward at times, but it felt like we could have cut them out entirely and not really missed a beat. We could have easily rewritten a couple scenes and saved 10 to 15 minutes of unfocused screen time. Uh, the one thing I will say that you didn't mention is Tenoch Huerta, who plays the villain here, Namor, an anti-hero, longtime Marvel Comics character who gets brought into the MCU. He's fantastic. Uh, continuing uh, Black Panther's streak of great villainous characters, and I'm glad to see that he will be continuing forward in the MCU. He, again, in terms of just a sheer charisma perspective, that guy has got it, and I'm, I'm really excited to see how he fits into the rest of the Marvel world moving forward. Christian or Tyler, any closing thoughts here on Wakanda Forever? Yeah, I will say that I like I like Namor a lot. <laughs> I like the, the design for him with the wing feet, and I don't know how they did it, where I, I wasn't thinking it was comical. It like looked pretty cool and how he's like stepping on air and moving around. I will say that the siren song I think was my favorite part of the movie. Of like watching everyone yeah. just walk off this ship. I was like, this is yes. so eerie. But honestly, I couldn't have cared less about 
what how, I don't I don't even remember the name of the city underwater now. Talokan. Talokan. I couldn't care less about Talokan. I don't think you can make underwater look well, look good. Uh, I hope that Avatar Way of Water proves that wrong. But they're just like floating around, and it's like, oh, how do you like humanize a people group? Have like a kid run up, and this was just like a kid floating in front of Letitia Wright, like going through. I was like. I, I just don't feel anything for this civilization. And that might be on me, but I don't know. I just wasn't connecting with it. And too much exposition of like, yeah, this is how it came about. Um, I have major logical issues with this movie, <laughs> but I'm going to use my time to say that Letitia Wright is fantastic. I think that she does so much more than I thought was 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 possible she honestly um i i mean i think she did a like a, a a pretty good job in the first Black panther i thought she was outstanding and i completely was drawn into her emotional arc through this movie uh yes fellas that is the draft let's very quickly run down our choices here christian you drafted first so why don't you share your completed draft with us so for phase one, I chose Thor, phase two, Ant-Man, phase three, Avengers Endgame, phase four, Spider-Man No Way Home. For the Marvel TV show, I chose Daredevil. For the non-MCU Marvel movie, I chose the first Spider-Man. For the wild card, I chose Loki. Tyler, you chose second. Sweet. Yeah, my phase one, I had Captain America, the first Avenger. In phase two, I had Captain America, Winter Soldier. Phase 3, Thor Ragnarok. Phase 4, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. My Marvel show, I had WandaVision. My non-MCU Marvel movie, I had Spider-Man 2. Sam Raimi's. And for my wild card, I had Guardians Volume 2. I chose third. And for Phase 1, I had The Avengers. For Phase 2, I had Iron Man 3. Phase 3, I had Black Panther. Phase 4, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. For my MCU TV show, I went with She-Hulk, Attorney at Law. For my non-MCU choice, I had Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, and my wild card was Spider-Man Homecoming. And Keenan, bring it home for us. Here we go. Phase one, I took Iron Man, the original. Phase two, I took Guardians of the Galaxy. Phase three, I took Infinity War. Phase four, I took Wakanda Forever. Uh, TV show, I took, what did I, oh yeah, Hawkeye, how could I forget Hawkeye? Uh, Non-MCU, I took Deadpool, and my wild card was Captain America Civil War. I'm sorry, Tyler. Yeah, R.I.P. All in all, fellas, a pretty good draft, I would say. We we really did get to talk about most of the movies that I hoped we would have a chance to talk about when looking at the MCU overall. A few good options left by the wayside, perhaps, but... I feel like we pretty much picked the cream of the cop, uh, cream of the crop, so to speak. Here, any any movies you regretted, or even a non MCU or a TV show choice you would have swapped in if you had room. I'm surprised, Keenan, that you didn't take Doctor Strange under Wildcard. Well, actually, no, I'm not. I'm I'm surprised Doctor Strange was not chosen by you in some capacity. Um, I am also. I, I actually I think most of the movies I, that I thought would be talked about were talked about um i'm surprised no one chose an x-men movie 
I, I, thought say, about it. I thought about X2. Yeah, I really thought about Logan. And I just, I just mm. jumped into that category first, and Into the Spider-Verse was my first choice. But I would have gone with Logan if that one was off the table. So Five Spider-Man movies were chosen. A lot of Spider-Man love here. That yep. is for sure. Keenan, I think you might be the only, you're the only one without any, any Spidey on your list. You had to settle for Civil War, which is Tom Holland's first appearance. Terrible. I apologize. To, uh, <laughs> to the, I apologize to the Spider fans out there. Hey, I do want to say, uh, I if Christian kind of threw a wrench in, I don't want to say made up his own rules, but with the TV shows picking Daredevil, I mean, come <laughs> on, dude. That threw me for a loop a little bit, and I think looking back now, instead of picking Hawkeye, I probably should have picked Jessica Jones. Uh, or, you know, honestly, maybe even Punisher season one. Uh, I guess this is the show in general. I can't pick a season, but... Um, I don't know. Whatever. Hawkeye's good. I had the Christmas. Movie. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, he, he threw us for a loop too. I don't think we were expecting okay, that, but, but it was I a fair. Went, it was fair choice. I went first, and you all could have done it. And you also chose a right. TV show with your wild card, so you could have swapped those two, and the same rules would have applied. It would have been fine. So I, hey, I won't fault you there. I think I should win the whole draft because I picked the only project with Florence Pugh. That is true. Black Widow left on the table here. Nobody chose that as their face for option. Christian would have if somebody beat him to No Way Home, but... Okay, I I chose No Way Home because I know that by far it is the best face four movie. I mean... <laughs> am I the only one who thinks it's not at this table, perhaps? Probably. It's debatable. Okay. Um, it, it, it probably is, but it's debatable. No, but look, I, I, I chose... I'm happy with what I chose. I think that three out of the four of us have a chance of winning. Who is the fourth? You. you. Oh my god. <laughs> Absolute hate coming from the table. I will say, looking at my list, it, it, it was sad. I feel like this happens to me every year with my fantasy football draft, where I pick a person in the moment where I'm like, this is a player I like. And then three rounds later, I say to myself, why did I draft that guy? He's going to blow out his knee again, or he's not going to get enough carries or catches. I, I did feel that a little bit because I think early on I, I mixed head and heart too much. I, I wanted to pick choices that would be strategic, but occasionally went with my heart, and I paid the price for it. So we'll see how the listeners vote, folks, because it'll be up to them to decide who has the best draft. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to make a graphic that has all, uh, all four of these. Maybe I'll just make an individual graphic for each one. Um, and I'm gonna post them on Instagram and Keenan, with your permission, we can maybe post them on the Facebook page. Christian, I would be honored if you posted it on the Hollywood Week Facebook page. And these graphics will not have our names on them. They will only have the movies on them. Why not have our names on? Because no, 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 you can't do that. What? Be biased. <laughs> That's I'm not how any movie draft is done. You always have the name on it. You, they, if they want the names, they can listen to the episode. Okay. Okay. And so they will vote with, I don't know, comments or reactions or whatever, whatever poll we can do. I'll make an actual poll on Twitter. Just make it very simple for you folks. <laughs> vote with your wallet, you know. Vote with your vote wallet. With your wallet. Yes. Send me money. <laughs> you think I did good. Whoever has the most money. Keenan's got I'm... kids to put through school. <laughs> if I take the lead, I'm going to yell, stop the count. <laughs> <laughs> But yes, we will pull these lists together. And listeners, we would love it if you would vote for your favorite. Whether it be mine, just kidding, or Tyler's, or Keenan's, or Christian's. <laughs> we would love to see who has the best list here. So those lists will be posted to various social media platforms. And we'd love to get your thoughts on it. And folks, we did it. That is our show. Give yourselves a round of applause. 
We made it. Keenan, it is midnight 30 where you are. So thanks for sticking it out with us through the long haul. Hope we didn't wake up any of the other members of the color household when I when we yelled about movies that we wanted getting stolen. The, the whole family is just staring at me awkwardly right now, <laughs> waiting for me to stop talking. Did the I tell ba- you we live in a studio apartment, so it's kind of awkward. <laughs> uh, of course, folks, there are a few things that you can do to support our show, but quickly, want to shout out Keenan. Of course, he does have a podcast with his brother and a, a real doctor. No longer an almost doctor. He's a real 100% Full, full doctor, his brother Kaysen Culler, and they have the Hollywood Week podcast. Keenan, where can they find you and Hollywood Week? You can find us on Instagram at Hollywood underscore week, and you can also find us on Facebook at Hollywood Week, a celebration of movies and television. Very prestigious. Uh, but anyway, appreciate all the love. Hey, thank you guys so much for inviting me to be on this episode. I am delirious, but it was a great time, and uh, I had fun. I always have fun talking about the world of, of fighting. And Hollywood Week podcast is available wherever you get podcasts. Is there a limit or Spotify, oh, yeah. Apple? Just go that way. Forgot about that part. Yeah, listen to the podcast too. Thank you, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and of course, always good to have you, Tyler. You are here for Marvel and Sundance only, it seems. So we'll have to get you Exclusive. on for another occasion. Uh, anything you want to pitch? Do you have any any creative outlets? <laughs> Just follow me on Instagram. You know, follow at Tyler Pen. At Sir Pen. And there are a few things you can do to support our show here. Of course, please do subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, You can also, if you would, leave us a rating or a review. Helps us reach new listeners and warms our hearts to see those five-star reviews come in. You can also send us some feedback at cinemadrippodcast at gmail.com. Those votes will be counted if you want to write in and talk about how awesome my list is. You can send your thoughts to cinemadrippodcast at gmail.com. We'd also love to know which movies we should have taken that we missed, what TV show is actually pretty dope that we didn't choose, or if you have any thoughts on the draft format and want to see us do this more often. We'd love to know that. Send us your feedback, and please vote for my list. You can also follow myself and the show on Twitter, Christian on Instagram, with Tyler, of course. And you can follow both Christian and myself on Letterboxd, where we are regularly rating and reviewing the things that we are watching. Those 2022 movies are coming fast and furious as we're doing catch-up before the end of the year. There's going to be a lot of recent reviews for me. Christian, anything uh, notable for you on the Letterboxd front? Uh, I watched The Sun, which is the new movie by Florian Zeller, who did The Father. Is that out in theaters? Only on, at the AMC on Sunset. Okay. Um, it is, it is, it is, Tyler liked it. Uh, I believe it is one of the most incompetent things I have seen in a long time. It is a hard no. Christian, oh my goodness. Not always in line with critical opinion. You, you are very much a free thinker when it comes to movies. But in that particular, uh, it sounds like you are with the general consensus that that is a disappointing follow-up for our guy, Florian Zeller. I recently saw Tar, which I am absolutely not going to break from the norm. It, I thought it was fantastic. Definitely a bit of a slower burn. So not quite like the MCU here. But if you're looking for some of the best movies of this year, check out Tar. If it's even... In a theater near you, or it'll be on streaming. Not streaming, but it'll be rentable soon. I would recommend you check it out then. Let me, um, one last thing. Avatar The Way of Water comes out next week. Yes, Please it does. Please go see it. Please support Big Jim. The hype is real. The hype yeah. is real. The reviews, oh, some reviews are in. And they Make underwater look good. Make underwater Make look good. Make underwater hey. look good on film again. Hey, guys, I watched Elvis. Keenan watched Elvis. Good job, Keenan. We're proud Kinda of you. Kind of like, you know, what do you, what do you want me to do with this, Baz Luhrmann? What do you want me to do? <laughs> Austin Butler, he's singing these songs. I don't, I don't know. We get it. 
Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't nothing but a hound dog. We watched Elvis on HBO Max. Christian, any final thoughts for the folks listening along at home, especially if it includes what we're doing on the show next week, because we didn't mention it? <laughs> uh, the Drippies are next week. The Drippies, folks, our annual show where we award uh, some awards for the best things that we watched this year, from uh, actors and performances to screenplays and writing and directing and all that fun stuff. We'll talk about it as we wrap up the year in Cinema Drip next week. Wait, we need to start... The, the Google Doc on that. Yeah, we don't have the Google Doc up yet. we got to get on that. That'll be our homework after this episode. But, of course, it's been a long one, folks, so thanks for sticking with us. And until next time, this has been the Cinema Drip Podcast.